Hello and welcome to Moving to Elgin, Texas. I am your host, Matthew Nobelli. It is Halloween night, um, October the 31st, Monday, as of this recording. Um, it will go live tomorrow, Tuesday at 5 a.m. Uh, we got back a little while ago <clears throat> from downtown Elgin, uh, where they had uh, some of the shops were handing out candy and they had uh, games and they actually had a haunted house and they had a trunk or treat, which was put on by the church. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. I've, I've heard of them. I just have never uh, experienced the trunk or treat. Uh, so pretty cool. We got some uh, candy. Um, kids seem to love it. Uh, so I think everybody had a pretty good time. Um, for today's podcast, there's a few topics I want to go over. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to briefly talk about the Hog Eye Festival, which was last weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, let's see, veteran. And then the other topic: veterans' family receives home repair help from different faith organizations. And then a Central Texas woman on the run with a 14-foot skeleton worth $300. Um, I had on the last podcast had done a story uh, of the uh, that's the story that leads up to this. So um, this is a continuation uh, what I did last time, <clears throat> and then um, or a follow up. And then uh, re- uh, number five, the f- uh, report, a Texas barbecue restaurant known for slow cooked brisket ranked top five, top 10 in the country. And number six, this, uh, this Texas restaurant has the best chicken fried steak in the world. How do you determine that? I mean, I'm sure it's a publication or uh, some uh, website or something, but I don't know. That's a pretty bold statement. We'll get into that here shortly, but uh, okay. So, oh, and then of course I've got some real estate terms um, for the last sec, uh, last half or the second half of this podcast. I've got about three written down. Let's see where we get to. I'm going to go a little longer than before where I was going, um, I think uh, 15 minutes and trying to stay in that time range. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit longer just to see how things, just how it works out. This will be kind of a test. This has all been kind of a test up to this point anyway. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So the Hog Eye Festival, which we went to last weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, should have brought some water. Um, that's in downtown Elgin. Again, this last Saturday when we went to it and a lot of people, I mean, a whole lot of people <clears throat> and, um, kind of reminded me of, uh, Mardi Gras in Galveston. It's, uh, in Galveston, Mardi Gras would be in February, and it'd be for a few few different weekends. But when you go down <clears throat> on the Strand or whatever, I mean, it was just well, there. It was like shoulder to shoulder. I mean, if if uh, you, you couldn't move unless people in front of you were moving, you just couldn't just go around. I mean, you were that was a little bit much. Hog Eye wasn't quite like that, but it was a lot of people. <clears throat> but we got there and uh, had a bunch of. Uh, uh, vendors out selling, you know, uh, clothes and jewelry and, and just, just about anything you could think of. And then live music. And, uh, Oh, and so when we got there, I've seen a few people with these Turkey legs, these things are, I mean, they're barbaric looking, they're, you know, medieval looking Turkey legs, right? They're huge. I'm like, man, I got to have one. So we get over to where the food stalls are and I get one and it's like 15 bucks, 15 bucks for this thing. Right it's huge. I'm like, well, you know, 
uh, you only live once or something like that. So I get the darn thing and I'm eating it. We're walking. We walk by some other food vendors and uh, my wife points out that they there was a vendor that we passed that was selling them for like five bucks bucks cheaper. I was like, I mean, I was halfway done with this thing. So what was I going to do? But it was good. And uh, again, uh, uh, live music. And so we hung out for a little bit. We were there for a few hours. The weather was beautiful um, compared to last year. Last year's was or the year before, whatever you want to call it, because, um, yeah, last year, it it was hot, insanely hot. This time, it was nice, a little bit of wind, and the wind actually died down. It did warm up, but it was really nice. Um, so, yeah, that was the Hog Eye Festival. This is like our second time to go, so it's 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 a good time. Um, okay, so the second topic I want to get to, veterans' family received home repair help from different faith organizations. Um, and this is from Box 7 Austin. Um, okay. And this, this, this was here in Elgin, Texas. So it says the Mayos, uh, the Mayos, that's the family, built their home themselves about 15 years ago. <clears throat> we, had, we had to manage, this is in their words, buy wood, buy food, buy food, buy wood. And it took about three years to build, homeowner Betty Mayo said. <clears throat> Since then, the foundation, uh, since then, the foundation has slipped, so they applied for help. AICT, or Interfaith Action of Central Texas Hands on Housing, responded. <clears throat> the need is there, and in so many cases, there are things homeowners might have done on their own back in the day and are just not able to do now. Some of them have disabilities in different ways. Uh, Central Christian uh, church downtown Austin senior minister Lane Beamer said, IACT uh, hands on housing uh, utilizes volunteers and skilled professionals from different faith backgrounds to repair homes for those living in poverty. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we have our difference, our differences of doctrine or theology or whatever, but that all takes a second uh, place to service, Beamer said. The organization's goal is to keep homeowners safe and in homes and uh, neighborhoods they love. This home means everything. I feel so fortunate to have it. You know, we're just blessed, homeowner Larry Mayo said. Using money from grants, the crew has helped improve it by painting the home with wood trim, fixing porches, and giving the family air uh, and heat units. The whole idea of being the light of Christ, the whole idea of being the light of Christ, it's an opportunity to not only demonstrate that love to them, but to see Jesus in their eyes. And there's nothing better. Uh, Journey of Faith United Methodist Church Round Rock, Heidi Cooper said, <clears throat> the Mayos <clears throat> said they're blessed. You just want to burst out into tears. It's just so much, Larry Mayo said. Thank you, um, Marika Mayo, the homeowner's granddaughter said. Uh, if you need help or if you want to help, visit interfaithtexas.org. So that's a good story. And again, that's here locally. I'd be interested to see uh, that home. Um, okay, so the next topic I got here. Okay, Central Texas woman on the run with 14-foot skeleton worth $300. So yes, on the last podcast... I talked about, uh, uh, there was this um, <laughs> report on this lady who stole a, 
and as it says here, a 14 foot skeleton from somebody's yard and it was caught on a ring video device. And <clears throat> so it was on the news. You see this person get out of like this white SUV and go where this giant, like a, you know, skeleton thing is. And, they, and it's bolted into the ground or not bolted, but it's, it's held in the ground with something like this post or this pole or something. And they rip it out and they, they, they're dragging this thing and they take it back to their truck and the video cuts off. So I don't know if she actually like got it into her truck somehow. And again, it's an SUV. So it's not a, like a truck with a truck bed. It's an SUV. Um, or she, you know, did she take it? Did she dismantle it? Did she get it into the vehicle? I, I don't know. So, um, but anyway, this is a follow-up to that story. And <clears throat> it's, it starts off. Have you seen this woman? Have you seen this skeleton? It's not hard to miss. A central Texas woman is on the run with a 14-foot skeleton, uh, skeleton Halloween decoration that she stole off of an unsuspecting victim's yard. The video, shared by KXAN anchor Tom Miller, <clears throat> shows footage captured on their ring camera of this Halloween thief driving up to a random house and then stuffing this skeleton in the back of the SUV. Um <laughs> So many questions surrounding this Halloween thievery. First of all, did she really think that the whole skeleton would fit uh, just by shoving it in the back of the SUV? In the com in the comments, someone mentioned this uh, thought exactly. And this is somebody's uh, comment. She's not only a thief, but she's really bad at geometry if she thinks that that will fit in her car. Um, <clears throat> how did... How did no one else notice this woman trying to stuff a 14 foot skeleton in, into their car? Which, yeah, if you're watching the video, it's happening. It's in broad daylight. It's in a neighborhood. I'm surprised it wasn't somebody jogging or walking or some somebody see, who saw it. The video cuts off before we get to see if she really get uh, does get this whole skeleton to fit in the car. But she must have been successful in her theft because according to this San Antonio article, a neighbor has offered a reward if anyone has information that can lead to this woman. <laughs> it's getting serious. Uh, I wonder how she eventually ended up getting the skeleton into her car. Did she have to dismantle the entire skeleton? Did she have to drive away uh, with the back door open? The community needs answers. <laughs> the 14-foot Halloween skeleton retails for over $300. And if you were lucky enough to get one before they sold out, I can only imagine how devastated this family must feel to have gotten it stolen in bright daylight. I guess the major lesson here is you really need to tie down your skeletons. Joke, 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 joke. Okay, so that's that's the joke they went out on. Um, yeah, I mean, in bright daylight, like I said, you can watch the video of this, like it's off this ring video uh, doorbell or video camera. And it's in a neighborhood. There's there's houses right across the street. It looks, I mean, it might even be at the end of a cul-de-sac. I, yeah, um, <clears throat> maybe she was being dared or something like that. Who knows? Um, okay, so the uh, oh, okay, so our last two topics are about food, and I do like to talk about food. So let's get into it. Uh, the first one: report Texas barbecue restaurant known for slow cooked brisket ranked in top 10 in the country. <clears throat> and uh, this is from Dallas KDAF. 
and this was from October the 26th, so just a few days ago. Uh, there are only a few guaranteed things in life. Death, taxes, and Texas barbecue always being on top of the barbecue conversation. America is filled with some of the greatest food known to man, and barbecue from east to west and north to south is something that people will travel from all over the world to get their hands on. But what are the top spots in the country to find the holy grail of American barbecue? We checked out Gayot. I don't know, the guide to good life's report. I guess that's the name of the magazine. Uh, let's see the guide to the good life's report of 2022's best barbecue restaurants in the country to find the answer to that, to that very question. Of course, a central Texas barbecue joint cracked the top 10 <clears throat> all across America. There are countless restaurants ready to serve up a platter of ribs, barbecue chicken, or of, or a poor pulled pork sandwich to satisfy your Q craving, the report said. If you're looking for not only the best in Texas, but one of the best barbecue restaurants in the country, you're going to have to travel to downtown Austin and walk up to Franklin's Barbecue for some good old low and slow brisket. <clears throat> At Franklin's uh, Barbecue in Austin, brisket is slow cooked for a full 18 hours at a very low temperature. The result is seemingly impossible tenderness. Uh, long lines are an everyday occurrence, and if you're not queued up early, odds are the food will be sold out before you order, the reporter said. Um, well, okay, so as far as I have been to Franklin's, this was a few years ago, and I haven't officially been to Franklin's. I've driven by it, I've, I've seen it, and yes, there's lines where people line up <clears throat> from early in the morning. Um, so they make sure that they don't run out cause they will, they have a limited supply of barbecue. So people will line up early in the morning and it lines up quick. <clears throat> but I had a buddy of mine pick up some food from Franklin's once and bring it to me. This is years ago. I think I was working uh, somewhere in the, it was okay. And maybe it was just because it had, you know, it wasn't like hot. It wasn't fresh. It was probably, you know, he'd picked it up an hour before we were eating it. Don't get me wrong. It was good, but is it, I've had, I've had better. Maybe I need to go and actually have the full experience, sit, stand in the line, uh, eat it right there. Maybe it's totally different, but <clears throat> when I had it, it was just okay. And, uh, real quick, I found out, um, I was listening to, uh, I think it was actually Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was saying that barbecue actually came from Germany. Um, that uh, <clears throat> that people of German descent had uh, migrated to Texas, and they um, they slow cooked their briskets, and then somehow uh, that turned into a Texas thing, and now it's known as uh, Texas barbecue. But it originated from Germany, believe it or not. Um, so, okay, the last one on here, it's another food topic, <clears throat> is, okay, this Texas restaurant has the best chicken fried steak in the world. Again, bold claim. And who, who, who makes this decision? Okay, Texas is home to some of the best restaurants in the world with tons of different kinds of cuisines. 
uh, Taste Atlas. So that's the publication. <clears throat> Compiled a list of the best restaurants in the world for eating chicken fried steak. The website states, what started as making use of meat of questionable quality involved evolved into a unique Texas delicacy, a perfect combination of meat, grease, and batter. According to the report, <clears throat> one Texas restaurant has the best fried chicken steak in the entire world. Bubba's Cook's Country in Dallas came out on top. In fact, the list of top 10 best restaurants is full of Texas eateries. Here are the top 10 restaurants in the world for chicken fried steak. That's number one. The Bubba's Cooks Country in Dallas. Number two, Colleen's Barbecue in Pearland. Uh, number three, Hoover's Cooking. And that's in Austin. Might have to go check that out. Number four, Dot Coffee Shop in Houston. Uh, five, Ellen's Southern Kitchen in Dallas. Uh, six, Jack Allen's Kitchen in Austin. I've been to Jack Allen's a few times. I have not had their chicken fried steak, but maybe I'll check that out next time. Uh, number seven, Norma's Cafe in Dallas. <clears throat> Eight, uh, the Barbecue Inn in Houston. Nine, Florida's Kitchen in Livingston. And then 10, Hickory Hollow um, in Houston as well. So, hey, a few of these are up the road. Have to check them out. Interesting. Okay. So let's get to some real estate terms. Let's see, um, I think, okay, I think we're doing okay, pretty okay on time. For the first term, I've got rent back. So rent back or lease back refers to an arrangement whereby the buyer, who is now the new homeowner, agrees to allow the seller, now tenant, to stay in the house beyond uh, the close of escrow. The terms are negotiated prior to the situation occurring and will often involve at least deposits, a daily rent rate and length of time allowable. Uh, the rate can sometimes be determined by allowing, by looking at the new homeowner's monthly out of pocket for the mortgage, as well as the possible inconvenience this may cause them in delaying their own move, all factoring into the daily rate. I have not had any personal interaction. Um, I've not personally been involved in a rent back, but um, it's my understanding, I guess, that if somebody sells their house and maybe they don't have anything to move into quite yet, um, once it's closed and that the home belongs to now the buyer, the buyer rents, just seems like a kind of a interesting kind of a, it's kind of a weird concept to me just because, I mean, I get, why it's like that but it's just imagine you've maybe been living in this house for 10 years 15 years and your stuff's still in it but then you're paying rent to somebody else for a couple of weeks or however long just seems i mean i, I i'm you know sometimes you got to do what you got to do um <clears throat> okay seller concession sellers may offer concessions to incentivize buyers to purchase the home or sweeten the deal Concessions are most readily seen as a contribution towards the buyer's closing costs, up to certain limitations and approvals by a buyer's lender, which ultimately leaves more, ultimately leaves more money in a buyer's pocket when all is said and done. Um, well, it's a, we're in a seller market right now, so I don't see this as, as a thing that's 
really, I mean, this occurrence doesn't really happen. Um, sellers aren't struggling or, you know, they're not incentivized to sell their homes. They can sell their homes pretty easily. So they don't have any reason to like sweeten the deal, so to speak, or pay for <clears throat> closing costs or whatever. Um, with it being a buyer's, I mean, seller's market, they just, we don't see that. Um, but yeah, okay. Seller's disclosure. Okie doke. A seller's disclosure is disclosure by the seller of information about the property or which could affect a buyer's decision to purchase the property, a property, all of which to the best of the seller's knowledge. A seller must also indicate items which are not uh, specific to the property itself, but related to a person's enjoyment of the property, such as pest problems, property line disputes, knowledge of major construction projects in the area, military base, related noises or activities, association uh, related assessment or legal issues, unusual odors caused by a nearby factory or even recent deaths on the property is permitted by law. Um, we uh, had a closing a few months ago on a property in downtown Elgin. It was a commercial building and there was a property line dispute. So that had to be disclosed in the seller's disclosure. Um, the thing about it was that the seller who I was representing was not aware of this. Um, even then we found out about it from a potential buyer at the time that did an inspection and their inspections like inspector was like, Oh, did you know this? Well, it's basically, it was a, a property line dispute. Um, Part of the building uh, was on the neighbor's side, and there was a dividing wall that was three feet off, and it was it was kind of a headache. Um, that particular uh, buyer or potential buyer, um, we lost the contract because of that, <clears throat> and actually had a couple other uh, potential buyers that um, shied away because of this issue, um, but. Once something is made known, again, the seller did not know about this um, property line issue when he was when he owned the property and when he went to sell it. But when we found out, we had to put it on the seller's disclosure because um, we didn't want there to be any surprises. Um, we did finally, you know, a buyer did come through and they were not concerned about it, but they were aware of it and uh, we ended up closing. But anyways, seller's disclosure, just, you know, again, it's to the best of the seller's knowledge, things that are not even necessarily issues with the house. They can just be, you know, does it have AC? Does it have fans? Does it have this and that? And, but if there are issues and they are aware, it's best that they put that on there. So anyways, um, that I think is going to be it for tonight's um, podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, if uh, you listen and want to comment on maybe suggest, uh, I'd love to hear some suggestions for future podcasts um, and, um, or any kind of comments are greatly welcomed. I uh, hope everybody again has a safe and, uh, and fun Halloween. It's, it's 10 45 PM. So the night's getting to a close, but uh, anyways, this should be live again uh, tomorrow at 5 AM. So uh, thank you again. All right. Bye-bye.